test is this thing on it has been a while and some of you may have thought that <laughs> i passed away or, or what had happened to me i apologize that it's been so long i have a lot to update you with but i'm glad to be back recording something to be talking with you to to be with you and so yeah a lot's happened i can't remember i think the last episode i published was back in july of last year and i'm not sure if i got an update out about life and just us expecting and the newest addition of our family so simon everett you know came to us uh last july the 26th and ever since then it's been a whirlwind <laughs> everything's blended together just a family of five uh, a four-year-old a two-year-old and now we have simon and it has been like treading water it's been crazy um, for those that have kids you understand the struggle and the the struggle to be present the struggle to just take in this sweet season it's bittersweet it's attention right it's attention of giving of ourselves and sacrificing and spending quality time but also we're giving up a lot as well the podcast has been one of those things that i've had to, to put on pause it hasn't been having cr stopped creating content because i don't like it anymore or there's been pod fade or anything like that it's just come down to eventually you have to choose priorities and i didn't have enough lead time built in with episodes so i apologize for those that have been faithful listeners that have been expecting consistent episodes to be coming out i apologize to you i know i've let you down that's been a, a shortfall of mine but super excited to be back i hope you're well i hope you finished out 2021 um, that you finished that race and as we transition and step into this new year i hope it has been off to a great start i hope there's been encouragement affirmation for you i hope that god is empowering you ways that are personal to you that are challenging but affirming to your gifts and what he's charged you to do within your personal finances wanted to really just update you with my personal life and give a couple other important updates just going on in the country and some things to consider as we head into 2022 so a couple of the big things i'm sure you've probably already heard by now but the student loan forbearance has been extended until may 1st of 2022 so for those that are pursuing public service loan forgiveness, these are more free, quote unquote, free months, um, extra months that you can apply towards your 120 payments for public service loan forgiveness. And that, again, each month you can only get or each payment in each month, you can only get one month of service for, but it adds up to 10 years. And remember, you can only receive one qualifying payment month no matter if you make multiple payments in a month or in this instance in the forbearance student loan forbearance they are allowing us to have forbearance for x amount of months you're only going to get one qualifying payment for each month during the forbearance and this is just a psa if you aren't completely positive that you qualify for public service loan forgiveness you need to know you need to research do your due diligence to see if your um, job your employer is covered by the public service loan forgiveness so there's a lot of resources out there i'll plug some links in to the appropriate government websites but you need to know for sure the worst thing that can happen is you serve your 10 years you accumulate your 120 qualifying payments and then find out that none of it was accepted and that your job didn't qualify and your employer didn't qualify and then this is another psa is i recommend each year that if you are pursuing public service loan forgiveness you need to be submitting your service you need to get a, be getting it certified 
so that your um, loan servicer is up to date and that it's being reflected accurately and properly. Another huge update that was announced back in October was that there is going to be in the implementation and it's going on right now of a limited public service loan forgiveness waiver and the Department of Education announced this and I'm actually just going to read uh, some of the text from the website and I'll link the press release as well but this uh, could be advantageous for some of you that haven't had some of the, your service counted towards your qualifying 120 payments. I'm just going to read right now. The department will be offering a temporary opportunity to give borrowers credit for prior payments that they made that would not otherwise count towards public service loan forgiveness. Any prior payments made while working for a qualifying employer will count as a qualifying payment regardless of loan type or a payment plan. The limited public service loan forgiveness waiver will apply to borrowers with direct loans, those who have already consolidated into the direct loan program, and those with other types of federal loans who submit a consolidation application into the direct loan program while the waiver is in effect. The waiver applies to loans taken out by students. The waiver will run through October 31st, 2022. That means borrowers who need to consolidate will have to submit a consolidation application by that date. Similarly, borrowers will need to submit a public service loan forgiveness form, the single application used for review of employment certification, payment counts, and processing of forgiveness on or before October 31st, 2022 to have previously ineligible payments counted. The department recommends borrowers take this action through the online public service loan forgiveness help tool, which is available at studentaid.gov backslash public service loan forgiveness, PSLF backslash PSLF. So I'll plug that press release in there. But again, if, if this applies to you, definitely take advantage. And I would start now if you haven't started already to making this happen. So this is huge for, again, those that have missed payments or even those that had otherwise qualifying payments, but were under a different loan program. And I think that's largely what we'll see is borrowers that maybe had the FFEL loans, which were the loans that were largely issued before the direct loan program that worked in the public sector but missed maybe missed out on service and qualifying payments because they didn't fall under the direct loan program so this could be an opportunity to get those payments counted and expedite maybe that public service loan forgiveness timeline that you have so again do a little more research on on your end to see if this applies for you and then there's some action items to to get going on making this happen before october 31st of this year but another huge update another large announcement it looks like they're trying to rectify some of the wrong some of the shortfalls within the program that could help benefit some of the borrowers that have missed out on this benefit so anyway another huge announcement there so it pertains to you definitely look into it for everyone else that isn't pursuing public service loan forgiveness doesn't work in a public sector job that allows for that to happen again this is extra time right um to use this time to take advantage of this time if you have public loans federal loans that are in forbearance so my advice is the same as it's always been use this time to pay down high interest rate debt or to make payments that are going to be 100% towards principal and paying these loans down quicker. Some people are probably wondering, what what if I want to invest the money instead of pay down the loans? That's a personal choice. This is really up to you. I, I'm all for paying down loans, um, paying off obligations. I think there's obviously a quantitative and qualitative benefit to paying down debt. But I also understand if someone wants to catch up and start investing, maybe to date, 
debt and student loans have prevented them from investing and saving for long-term purposes. And this is just the right time and opportunity. So I understand that that could be something that someone is seriously considering, especially when you look at the trade-off on paper, the quantitative cost-benefit analysis, 0% interest on loans. There's no cost to them right now for just existing, but you could be investing in allowing your money to grow and compound and for dividends to be reinvested and to just set yourself up better long-term. So right now is a very unique situation in which debt is existing, but there's no cost to it. And any other debt, I would say typically, you know, even if it's personal debt or, or higher interest rate debt to say, hey, you need to have something going towards that to be paying that down. But we're in a unique situation where there's no cost to the debt. It still exists. We're still gonna have to pay it. But in regards to participating in upside and saving for long-term investing could be an attractive option for those that are willing to do that and wanting to do that instead of pay down existing student loan debt that's in forbearance. I would definitely say, again, if you're not getting an employer match through a, a employer-sponsored retirement plan and this forbearance allows you to contribute enough to get that match, I would say definitely do that. Definitely take advantage of the, the money, the extra cash flow to increase your savings um, into your workplace retirement plan in order to get the match. That'd be something where I would definitely say do that. So anyway, but again, it comes back to your preference in regards to paying off debt or investing, but you have options. Take advantage of this time. Again, you have till May 1st until that forbearance expires. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if they keep punting this forbearance into the future until Congress, until they pass something that um, addresses the real issue of the student loan situation, I would expect the forbearance to continue to get kicked into the future and just kicked down the road. I, I don't think there's going to be a universal loan forgiveness of any amount. I think what they're trying to come to a conclusion on is how do they reform student loan, federal student loan repayment plans to give the benefits to the people that need it the most. You think of like low income earners that it's more oppressive on as opposed to the high income earners and really building that out to where those low income earners have more options and flexibility to repay their student loans, but also live and have a living wages at the same time. So anyway, that's my thoughts there. Again, keep eyes on the news and I'll continue to push updates. Okay. Transitioning a little bit again, more government related news is that the Fed has, the Fed has announced uh, rate increases, rate hikes, interest rate hikes in the, the, the coming years. And so uh, a lot of people were waiting on this. I was waiting on this with inflation and what what it has been. I know there's been a lot of discussion of is, is this transitory? Is this temporary? Is, or is this going to be more lasting until something's done? And I have been in the camp that it was transitory. And I still think parts of the economy have transitory inflation. I don't think we can look at the whole economy holistically and in aggregate and say inflation applies to every part of the economy and it is out of control and it's not transitory. So I do think there is nuance and complexity to our economy. I think there's parts that are transitory. I think there are parts that are more that are, you know, going to be there until something's done. But anyway, the Fed has announced that there will be rate increases, rate hikes in the foreseeable future. So this is their 
acknowledgement that they need to step in and handle the inflation issue. So no matter what camp you're in, whether you think the government oversteps or they don't, they're not involved enough, this is going to happen. And again, Econ 101, um, take you guys back to college for those that, that sat in an econ class. The Fed increase, increasing interest rates is a way that they can control monetary policy. It's a way that they can control how much money is floating around in the economy and so it is one of their tools that they have printing money is another one the stimulus injecting stimulus was a way that they bailed out the country during the pandemic with all that money being injected that obviously had an inflationary consequence to it so now they're trying to taper and they're trying to slow down the inflation they're trying to take money out of the economy. And that's how they do it. With, it is one way is with interest rates by making money more expensive to borrow by setting a, a federal funds rate. What they're doing is they're making it less attractive to borrow money with less borrowing. There's less money being injected and circulating through the economy, which slows down buying. That's that's what it does. It changes the behavior of the consumer. So that's what we're going to see. And this will happen. Uh, the plus to that is if they increase interest rates, we would likely see that trickle into a lot of the financial products that are based on the federal interest rate. So one thing that we've seen is everyone that has a high yield savings account has seen a, a pretty low you know, interest rate. And that's because the Federal Reserve slashed interest rates a while ago. And we've seen that as an effect. So as interest rates creep up, we might see higher interest rates in like bank products and things of that sorts and money market accounts and, and bonds. That's a huge impact on bonds and what bonds pay. So anyway, that is an update. Keep an eye out on that. I will definitely be keeping an eye on that, but that is something that we should expect to see this year, 2023 and 2024. I think they projected the benchmark at the end of 2024, they expect the, the Fed funds rate to be 2%. So it's a slow increase up to that 2%. We'll see. That's their projected benchmark. Who knows what's going to happen between now and then if that gets pulled up or if that gets extended or if they miss that benchmark entirely. So we'll see, but keep stay tuned on that. Okay, let's talk a little bit about 2022. So I'm always big into doing the cliche beginning of the year episode, habits, goals, forward looking, what do we want to do this year? Mostly because I spend a lot of time doing this personally and professionally. I think it's a great thing to reflect on 2021, how it went for you and to just plan right for 2022 planning, goal setting. These are all great factors that, that funnel into our stewardship. I would say if we aren't planning, and we aren't reflecting like i think those are signs of poor stewardship we are squandering opportunity we are being poor stewards we're not holding a good account of what we've been given so anyway this is time for us to do that and we're still early in 2022 to reflect on 2021 and even plan and goal set for the rest of this year with that being said what are your goals for 2022 i'm just gonna give you some space to really think about that if you're um, driving or whatever you're doing, feel free to pause this and really contemplate that um, and write those down and talk about that with your significant other. One of the great things about goal setting is really digging in and asking why. Why do we want this to be a goal? Why are we pursuing that? I think there's a lot of opportunity to have great discussion and dialogue around that with ourselves, with others, with our significant other. I think this opportunity, so don't blow through this part of the year and um, not really stew in it um, and think about it. So one thing to also make sure is when you're goal setting, I'm a big fan of SMART goals and SMART goals are specific. It's an acronym, SMART, specific, measurable, attainable, 
relevant and timely. So it needs to be specific to you. It can't be something that is a copy and pasted goal from someone else. So it needs to be specific to you. It needs to be measurable. This is one of the things that people miss the most on is not having a measurable goal. So they wanna say, hey, I wanna take two vacations this year. Great, that, that's a great start. But how much, when's the timeline? Like where are the metrics that you can track to see how close you are to achieving your goals? So make sure to create the proper metrics for your goals. When you're close, how far you're off, and what needs to be tweaked. Okay, third one, A, needs to be achievable or attainable. So it needs to be like realistic. It doesn't do us any good if we make goals that are unrealistic. Your goal could be, I want to save X amount of money this year. It's not realistic if you wanna save a million dollars. Not that it can't be done, but it's not very realistic. So it needs to be within your realm of achieving. It doesn't need to be stretching. Yes, I believe it needs to stretch you to some extent, but it needs to be realistic at the same point. Okay, relevant, relevant. It needs to be relevant to, I think I may have overlapped with one of the prior letters, acronyms. It needs to be relevant to you. It needs to be personal to you. It needs to lean into like your purpose and your beliefs. This is another thing I think we get off on is that we copy and paste what we think our goal should be based on what other people are doing or what the Joneses are doing or what X, Y, and Z is doing. But your life's not their life. And your goals need to be relevant to you. It needs to be personal to your life and your stewardship journey. And then the last one needs to be timely. So it needs to be within a certain time. You need to set a time deadline. And that's another thing that people struggle with and falter with is having a deadline, having, I want to achieve this by this or within this, because that is the pressure. That is the forcing factor, the forcing mechanism that's gonna allow us to achieve said goal. So there's this, there's this law called Parkinson's law. And it says, work will fill the time given to it or the time allotted to it. If you think back to college, you have your syllabus, um, you have your assignments and your deadlines given by the teacher. And how often did you get that stuff done in the first week, month, two months? Probably very few of us. We took the whole semester, the whole duration of the, the, the class to do that. Most of us stayed up the wee hours the night before getting stuff done. And so this is why we wanna keep tight deadlines and have those very firm deadlines that are unwavering to say, hey, this is when we need to get this achieved by. So anyway, goals are important. I think they're super important to get us going in the right directions. I'm a bigger fan of the processes that support and get us to those goals. So goals in itself are worthless, right? We can set goals till we're blue in the face and most of us have and we've really struggled to achieve those, but it really comes down to the processes what are the processes that we're going to implement to get us to those goals? What are the things that we can habitually do, consistently do that are gonna move the needle? And so this is probably where you wanna spend the most amount of your time when looking at what you wanna achieve and what you wanna do and what you wanna change for this year. One thing I wanted to, to mention is, if you haven't done so already, take a listen to my episode last year on, on financial habits around the same time of the year, episode 14, I believe. I'll link those in the show notes. But some of the things that, that I mentioned are, are worth reviewing and changing and, and really investing in. And your first your personal finances are budgeting and tracking. And I'll talk about that till the day I die. I think it's super important, especially from a stewardship standpoint, to make sure that we are stewarding what we have been given. Everything from the planning to the tracking a lot of information in that it's empowering it's just going to allow us to to have a more fruitful journey so budgeting and tracking automating huge that's probably one of the biggest things you can do 
early this year that's going to result in the most amount of changes automating whether this is automatic bill pay systematic contributions for saving or investing or increases like automating is such a huge tool that we can do because really we just need the discipline today to do it we need the discipline today to set that automation and then it's hands off it's set it and forget it or i shouldn't say set it and forget it but it's out of sight out of mind we don't need the willpower to continue to do that on a consistent basis definitely look at that and then i have some other things in that episode about practicing faith so all those are great things listen to that episode could be super helpful as we head into the new year but really back to the systems i i read atomic habits every year by james clear if you haven't read it i highly encourage it and one thing i'll step back and say is as i talk about the self-improvement as i talk about habits and doing more want want us to look at that through the proper lens of we are imperfect we're never going to be perfect our identity should be rooted in christ but there are things that we can be doing to improve our stewardship and how we manage and how we manage time and resources and go about conducting our lives so that's all to say because i know the line is very thin once we start getting into self-improvement and then self-improvement leads into prosperity and it's a slippery slope so this is all to say that i know we're sinners i know christ died for us we are seen as perfect through him but we're still gonna sin this isn't me transitioning to, into works-based a works-based faith i know there's faith without works is dead but that I just want to keep a proper perspective because I know, especially in personal finance, we can get on this road and even self-improvement and it can be a slippery slope. So anyway, back to my original thought. Sorry, this has been word bomb and I've just had so much to say. Atomic Habits, um, James Clear, if you haven't read it, definitely look at it. It can be pretty sobering. It can be pretty revealing into maybe your personal life and how you approach goals and setting um, setting um, goals, setting systems and changing. For me, I've always struggled with setting systems and, and habits, but I know that's the only real way for any true change um, and to change any outcomes in my life. So it was the best book on habits that I've, I've ever read. So I definitely encourage you to take a look and read that book if you have the chance. It's, it, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite books that I've ever read. But anyway, James Clear goes on to say in that book, he says a lot of stuff that are worth mentioning, but there's a couple things that stand out. The, one of the best ways to change our outcomes, the, the things that we want to see in ourselves is to change our identity. I mentioned earlier, we are our identity should be in Christ. But how does that translate to our stewardship journey? Our identity should be changed to we want it to be of good, a good steward. That should be our change. If we're not a good steward, that's what we want our identity to be is a good steward. And and by starting with that change in identity, we're able to change what we do and we're able to change the outcomes. A lot of people focus on changing the outcomes first and those changes may happen, but they're very short lived. And so that was something that was really powerful as I go through this book that we start with our identity first and we start to change that and start changing what the the things that identity does so what are the things that a good steward does maybe you start with that question maybe you're struggling with being a good steward what are the things that a good steward does i'm gonna guess most of them have a, a budget and track their expenses because that is i think rooted in stewardship it's not ours and we see parables and accounts in the gospel of a servant holding an account to the master when the master returns account accounting we're gonna have to give a detail a breakdown now are we have to show up with all our books and records into heaven it's like no but we're gonna have to justify i think some things at some points and even on an ongoing basis we need to be able to justify and give an account for the things that we do i think that 
most of the fruit is the day in and day out of having those reflections and those conversations and those revelations uh, for ourselves. So anyway, what are the things that good stewards do? Maybe it's paying off debt, a lingering debt. Uh, maybe it's saving more. Maybe it's giving more. So putting your personal circumstances through that um, is a great place to start. And by changing our identity, we get to change those outcomes as well. So next one is just environmental design, right? This is exactly what it sounds. It's changing the layout, the design of our surrounding, of our environment to support the systems that we want to implement. I mean, again, the systems are what move the needle. So for example, one of the best examples he gives in the book is if you want to get in a habit of going to the gym early in the morning, one of the best things you can do for structuring your environment to do that is to have your gym bag packed and everything ready to go in the morning. So then all you got to do is get dressed and go out the door. You're not fumbling to pack your bag in the morning, get everything together in the dark and all those things. So the more resistance and the more barriers we can remove between each system, the more likely we're going to perform that system and the more likely we're going to move the needle towards that goal. So taking a step back and applying this to personal finances, what design do we need to reform within our surroundings um, and our environment that is going to allow us to perform the systems we need to move the needle within our personal finances to, to allow us to be better stewards. So I know I, I would just have you entertain those two things. I just wanted to mention that because I'm going through atomic habits and it could be something great to ruminate on and think about as we head into this new year. So some new things could be for 2024. Two could be delaying gratification, not acting on impulse. Again, I'm big on what's the underlying system that's going to allow us to delay gratification and not act on impulse. What if it's a, a buying freeze in, re in regards to this specific thing? So if you want something that's over $100, then your system could be to wait 30 days to buy said item. And obviously you must have the money to buy that item. Uh, so it could be something like that. And who knows, there could be something really cool that you go through in that 30 days, for example, that helps maybe give you some clarity, maybe change your thought around buying and that part of your financial life. So that could be something cool. Increasing savings and giving, I, I talked about that a little bit earlier and there's obviously systems to make that happen. Most everything can be automated nowadays. So that is something that's really easy to do, just setting aside some time to, to automate that increased saving and giving. And then last one, maybe it's asking for that raise uh, or looking for a job that could be something, a goal for this year. And this is not something that is really greed per se, but I think what we're noticing is we're seeing companies that are taking advantage you know, of their workforce. I always tell people and employees when I talk to them that their loyalty isn't to you. So your loyalty really shouldn't be to them first. Your loyalty should be to you first and making sure that you're getting well taken care of. If they're not paying you the, the fair market wage or compensation for what you're doing, then it's not unreasonable to ask for what that fair market value is or to look around. It's not greedy, it's not selfish. From a, a stewardship perspective, it's, hey, if I had 10 more thousand more dollars being paid to me because this is the fair market value, this is a portion that I'm able to give, this is a portion I'm able to save, this is a portion I'm able to pay off debt faster. So there's some very responsible things that can come of asking for that raise or looking for that new job. It's not all just rooted in, oh, this person just wants 
more. Now, I, I would warn that we need to be careful of that and asking for raises and, and looking for a job just because we want more money. That love for money is definitely dangerous and can ensnare us and is a slippery slope. But if we're not being paid fair, I don't think there's a problem for asking for that or looking around for someone that's going to pay us closer to what we're worth. So anyway, that could be something that you do this year. Most, unfortunately, in, the, in corporate America, most pay increases come with a change in job, unfortunately. And I don't know if that is the next employer, if their bar is that low, like they're willing to take on someone by paying them this much. I don't know if that's because people are just aren't asking for raises at their current job. It's just easier for them to look for another job. They don't want that tension or conflict. That could be it. But for some reason, the most pay increases are coming, most significant pay increases are coming when changing jobs. So that could be something to consider but again if you love where you're at the the pay is competitive or, or a little off and there's no toxic environment and those are things that you value then definitely consider that and, and build that and factor that in to your decision as well so as far as the system for that that could be like hey i'm gonna ask and i'm gonna stay on the case of my manager or supervisor so often you're gonna just get it on the calendar to to press them because you know how things happen they get dropped through the crack or they don't get back to you so the system could be asking and following up and having that routine to get to an answer by maybe x date or you start looking so anyway everything can be reduced down to what is going to be my action item to making this happen so anyway that's a lot um longer episode than i actually thought we'll see uh, when i edit it how much is reduced but i know editing takes a long time so we'll see i might just push it through as is with all the the filler words and everything. But anyway, I appreciate you so much for those that are still listening, those that haven't unsubscribed from my podcast that are still hearing my voice. I appreciate you. I hope 2021, the rest of 2021 was um, a blessed one for you. I'm excited for the future. The best is yet to come. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you. You have any questions, if there's anything that you'd like for me to, to talk about on, a, on an episode. I still do the mailbag episodes, but I haven't really pushed it a lot. Haven't had a lot of people submit questions, but would love to talk about any questions that, that you as a listener may have to put it on here. Here's to 2022. I'm promised to be a little more consistent <laughs> heading into the year. Oh, one of the things that's been hard to be consistent with is, is just, I'm still at home. I'm still working from home and it's really hard to find time to record without the kids running around crazy in the background and do quality audio, I should say. So still at home, we are planning to move in the near future. So I haven't actually moved outside of the home to work because ideally the next home we move in, there would be space for a home office. So that's what I'm hoping. So I'm still at home because of that. So anyway, that is, that's another thing that I wanted to say is, yeah, it's a little harder to record these days, but I appreciate it when I'm able to. So anyway, I appreciate you. Let me know if I can do anything for you and the best is yet to come. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Because it is general in nature, it does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a financial decision. This podcast is not engaged in legal, financial, or other professional services.